Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a bed bug delving into a mattress. The show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. This week, I had fantastic actress and writer Helen Monks. You might recognize her from Raised by Wolves, Upstart Crows. She was on The Archers as well. We chat comedy, spiders, bedbugs. Who would you rather have sex with, Donald Trump, Nigel Farage, or Boris Johnson? <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. That is correct. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio. There's a bit of Kate Bush there. Um, <laughs> I remember singing Kate Bush in a random place in the north in a pub in karaoke to lots of men over the age of 40 and they loved it. They acted along with me. Uh, my special guest is here, Helen Monks. Hello. Hello. Have you ever sung Kate Bush in a pub? Only um, Wuthering Heights. That's the only one I'm afraid of. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's classic. Can you give us a little blast? <laughs> no. Everyone thinks so it's difficult. Oh. I actually think it's quite easy because you just... Don't have to be in tune, really, do you? <laughs> oh, poor Kate. <laughs> but you have to do the sort of mime the wall thing 100%, with it. There's otherwise. no point in doing it. And the, and the, is it the white dress in yeah. the forest? Yeah. Like a bit of a ghost. Mm. Helen Monks. Hello. How are you? I'm quite sweaty. Oh. Um, <laughs> Excitement. I was very... Uh, I ran here um, oh, across, wow. across the park. I literally squat jogged with my big rucksack on. Intent, like, were you jogging or when you were just wanted I, to be here on time? I wanted to be here on time, but I looked like I was intentionally jogging. You know, those committed people. Okay. But I'm in sort of dress and, and kind of small heels. So it looked like I'd <laughs> not really thought it through. And then I've been handed a very lovely but very warm mug of tea. So the sweat's kind of mixing with the uh, with the tea. You have a wonderful glow. Thank you. That's I just don't come say. here because there's also a bit of a waft. <laughs> a wifty waft. Delicious. Good thing we're on the radio. Um, so I've been moaning at you about my sore ankle, which I mm. twisted. And I told you the story of in January when I twisted my ankle the last time, I missed a flight to Iceland. Yeah. And you told me an excellent story about missing a flight. Well, someone did. Well, so I, um, yeah, it's just the thing is I tell it because it's very common of my sort of day-to-day life, which is based around absolute chaos. Um, I, <laughs> Me and my boyfriend were supposed to be going on holiday to Prague and I was in charge of booking the tickets. And because I'm just very illogical with everything that I do, I booked mine and then I booked his. And we arrived at the airport and um, my flight was booked and his was booked, but for the same day a month later. So um, so I got on the flight and uh, had a <laughs> so really yours lovely... was booked exactly the right time and yeah. you went to Prague. I went to Prague, had a lovely time. He, he joined me about two days later because... Um, <laughs> Because he could rebook his flight, but it was very expensive. So he, I think he may have even slept in the airport for um, for two days. You no, know, for at least for one of the days, because the original flight was very late at night. So he thought he'd Look wait till this. the first bus. That's what he did. He waited till the first bus. I was going to say, he slept in the airport. Was he in a film with Tom Hanks? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I'd be annoyed if he wasn't, didn't tell me. I can't believe you're, you were still together after that happened. The thing is, it, he put it very well. It's sort of just symptomatic of the person that I am, really. Okay. It's, it's a shame because I don't want to come across as this um, sort of a very clumsy um, 
a incapable person because I'm very capable in a lot of ways. But mm. I think booking transport. We were supposed to be going to Birmingham last weekend, and we arrived at the air, uh, at the train station, and our tickets weren't booked. Because what I'd done is I got to the checkout, and then I'd gone, oh, that's done, and I'd not clicked confirm. I just got there. <laughs> And, oh, um, wow. and not confirm. So we had to buy tickets, and then we were on the train, and I realised I hadn't got my rail card. So, so is this an ongoing problem for you, sort I, of transport-related? So poor because of the amount of money I waste on, <laughs> on yeah, it's transport in general, like i.e. getting here today because I I went to the wrong train station, so that's why I was squat jogging across oh, the park. Wow. But I do think I make up for it in my competence to you know replying to emails. Yes, and hopefully being all right at my job and stuff like that. And you've got like a laptop with you so that looks organized well looks can be deceiving (laughs) (laughs) i love this this is uh, definitely sounds like some sort of sitcom that you should be pitching Mm. about you just failing public transport time and time again sometimes i find it very funny and i'm the first person to laugh at my own life and then other times when friends laugh actually it's too close to the bone i had it recently i always lose my passport about once a year i lose my passport to the point where i'm not allowed to have a passport i have to have i have to have these special ones that they renew every year and i have to go for this interview what the government won't let you have a passport because you keep losing it yeah (laughs) and in my interview i just sobbed because he asked are your parents disappointed in you and i sobbed and i explained how difficult it is being me and then i felt really he said are your parents disappointed in you he said i was the only person he's ever done this interview with that's been a british citizen that the, the reason for doing it is security. I mean, this man sounds rude. I mean, I think he was just checking that I wasn't selling my passports off. And then oh, when I started okay. crying, he realised I just was a useless, pathetic young woman. Sorry, mum and dad. Oh, wow. Well, we're finding out so much about you, Helen, already. Baines plus one. My plus one today is the wonderful Helen Monks. Hello. Here she is. We've been talking about um, bed bugs having sex and laying eggs in their the mum's body. So to bring up the mood, it's time for the quick fire round. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Aren't you glad we did it off air? Um, although if anyone has any exciting bed bug facts, you can tweet me. That's about the Bains, B-A-I-N-E-S. And you're on Twitter as well, I am you? at Helen, I think, underscore Monks, because there was already a Helen Monks, which is just <gasps> rude. That is so rude. Yeah. We should contact her and be like, mm, do you know? Step away. You're the number two. <laughs> okay, so have you been in a quick fire round previously, Helen Monks? No, I'm really scared. Okay. Are you? <laughs> I'm not a very fast thinker, but it's okay. I'll do my best. I've had my banana this morning. Oh, potassium helps fuel the quick thinking. <laughs> Clearly probably. not for you, though. <laughs> Finish the sentence. Well, no, it helps with tennis. <laughs> oh, just because, Well, all the tennis players eat bananas. Mm. And tennis uses quick thinking. The writer of Raised by Wolves, Kaz Moran, not Catelyn, um, eats about 40 bananas a day when she's writing. <gasps> yeah, I thought that killed you. Anyway. Is she an ape? Why does she eat so many bananas? She just read that it's really good, and it is, and her brain... She eats nothing but bananas when she's writing, just pure banana diet. That's amazing. Yeah. It obviously works. She, you, Her finger speed is quite something. Yeah, and I okay. think it would not be that without the bananas. Anyway, I'm trying to distract you so that yeah, we Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> and I will not let you, but I will because I'm really excited about the new banana diet. Yeah. This is a thing. She should write a book on it. I think there's already a person on YouTube. I don't know why I'm promoing diet. her, but I think she's called Banana Girl. And she eats loads like of bananas. Banana Man. Yeah, but she's a girl. I mean, I'm writing stuff at the moment. I'm definitely going to try this banana thing. Okay, quick fire round. Okay. Helen Monks, it's your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Cats or dogs? Cats. Early bird or night owl? 
night owl. Birmingham or London? Birmingham. Car or train? Train. Mitchell or Webb? Mitchell. Pen or pencil? Pen. Tom or Jerry? Jerry. Holby City or casualty? Holby City. Half empty or half full? Half full. TV or radio? Radio. Caitlin or Kaz Moran? Oh, stop you. You have to pick one. Kazlin. <laughs> that is not a real word. I speak... Ketchup oh, in yeah. the cupboard or the fridge? Cupboard. Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Jaffa cakes. <laughs> I mean, you did just repeat the word, but I'm going to take that as cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Monks, you <laughs> I thought you were giving me three options. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits. No, the name, because that's the name of the product. Oh, Are that, they cakes or biscuits? Oh, I was choosing Jaffa cakes over cakes and biscuits. That's how much I love Jaffa oh, okay, cakes. Okay, I see. They're both. I see what happened there. I'll be careful with my uh, punctuation. They're gender fluid. The They're gender fluid. <laughs> you did so well at the beginning, and then you got carried away yeah I got too excited didn't I I think also the beginning I really knew you threw me with the Catelyn and Kaz thing mm. that was unfair I'm it's sorry. like mum or dad is it yeah which is mum um Kaz why um in a stereotypical world I guess just because I see her more and Catelyn's more like workaholic gets in late leaves early kind oh, of situation well. but gives me a kiss while I'm sleeping oh that's nice yeah. who reads you the bedtime story Kaz okay I see, yeah. I see. And why Mitchell over Webb? Um, I mean, I've worked with him, so know him personally, so I guess... So you haven't worked with Rob? I've not worked with Robert Webb. Met him very briefly at a party, but mostly just gawped um, <laughs> <laughs> while he said things. Um, and also, I think David Mitchell, I don't know, he's just, um, he's a hero of mine and always has been. Oh, that's nice. I've never met him, but I have met Robert oh, Webb. So would you choose Robert? Um, still no. Still no. Still neither. No, no. <laughs> I, uh, probably, yeah, just because I've actually had a conversation with mm. him. And I it's rude not to. You know. Um, so we've got a few more questions for you that we ask everyone. Okay. You can sort of take a bit more time with these. Okay. Not five minutes, but a bit more time. Right. What's the most recent lie you've told? God, um, wow, I lie for a living, so probably this morning <laughs> in rehearsals, I lied that I am good at science. Are you doing a science thing? A science thing. I actually realised in that moment I was about to say I lied about who I was and I was about to tell you who I was, but it's not exciting, I just... For reasons to do with contract, can't tell you what it is. You can't. Yeah, I was just going to say you're Makes allowed to it tell sound us. Very I love science. I did my show this year on science did comedy. You? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it. I just oh yeah, of course you did. In yeah. Edinburgh. I like it. I just don't know anything about it. What's the most recent lie you told in your actual life that I'm not um, going to let you get away with that? Okay, um, there was a dead mouse in our house uh, yesterday, and I lied to my housemates that I tried to move it and failed. I actually didn't try. I just left it there for them okay. to deal with. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. We once had a, a, a rat, a dead rat in, in our flat when I was living with my sister. Oh. And she put it in a Tupperware box and left it outside. And it rained and <gasps> then it snowed. And we had an ice cube with a dead rat in it. Wow. In our garden. That's quite good deco. You, people pay for that at weddings and stuff, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frozen rats. <laughs> for that well-known wedding decoration. Love it. <laughs> Any secret habits or talents? Um, I really like picking my nails like you know the dirt and your nails you're scraping it out yeah I have cocktail sticks to do that with so that's a cocktail sticks yeah it really works you can dig right on in there wow um, so that's the habit talent wise I mean literally any remote talent I have I very publicly show because 
uh, <laughs> and arrogant. So none of it's secret. If there was anything I could do for real, I would. You would know about it, yeah. Okay, e- excellent answer. <laughs> um, we Helen is staying with us. We've got so much to chat about, like Raised by Wolves, Upstart Crow, her comedy as well. Stick with Bates Plus One, Hoxton Radio. It's Bains Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and... Me, Helen Monk. Very good. You, you could do it on cue. Sometimes people get confused and... Normally I need out. a script, but I thought it was pretty given. <laughs> You're like, I'm a comedian too. I could do improv. Spontaneous. I don't know why you're from the deep south then. <laughs> so, Helen Monks, now it's time for your interview proper. Oh, God, right, OK. This is, like, about real stuff that you've oh. done. Hashtag deep. <laughs> Hashtag... So deep. <laughs> so you started off studying theatre and drama at Sheffield University, is that right? That it. Well, I mean, I was born before that. Okay. Um, childhood. Yeah. General stuff, you know. But then, yeah, went to Sheffield Uni. And do you think that that was the place where you started to love kind of acting and performing, or was it before that for you? Um, I was part of this thing called the Television Workshop, which, because of evil cuts is no more but oh. it's um it was like a casting resource for young people in the midlands um funded by itv and the bbc and you can anyone can audition and if you get in then it's free and then you're kind of used as a kind of casting pool so it has a lot of uh um people come out of it like felicity jones and jack o'connell is it connell or connor i never know Anyway, you do. Yeah, yeah blank face. <laughs> cool, I um, think. Samantha Morton. Um, so, I, so it was there really that I properly fell in love with being the centre of attention. And now, so obviously you were in Raised by Wolves. Yeah. Is it true that you approached Miss Moran herself? Yeah, I nearly didn't go actually. It was while I was at Sheffield Uni, I was a massive, enormous kind of creepy Catelyn Moran fan. (laughs) Um, And my dad had got me tickets to go see her at Birmingham Book Festival, but it would have meant travelling all the way back to Birmingham just for a day. Um, And I couldn't work out if it was a bit mad, but I did it. And then in the kind of event, she had this Q&A and she was mentioning that she was currently writing a sitcom. So at the end, when I went to get my book signed, I was like, I should be you. Um, And (laughs) Was that your line? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Amazing. I think if you ever need anyone to let you know, I literally, you know, you do your research as an actor for a part. She is the most researched part I could have ever played because I've just read everything she's ever written and watched every YouTube. Sometimes she tells a story and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, I know about this. She's like, oh, I've already told it. It's like, oh, it's on YouTube 2012 video. <laughs> but wow. won't mention that. Um, and then, You've been yeah, researching she, for it your whole life. <laughs> literally, without realising. And, um, and then, yeah, she got me an audition and I guess because I knew loads about her, I'm was well equipped to be her. Wow. So the rest is history, yeah. And is it true you wore a fat suit to the audition? Yeah. Well, so... Because you are a teeny tiny lady. Teeny lady. I I, I ate a lot of pies as well before the audition. Um, Great excuse. Yeah, exactly. I was like, need to carb up. But she, when she was 15, she was about 15 stone. And um, and I just am not. So um, that was the only part I kind of fell down in terms of qualification to play the part. And my brother, it was weird. I was talking to my brother about it. He was like, oh, I've got a woman's fat suit. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, do I want to ask why? He he did a course in lighting design at Bristol Orbit Theatre School and they'd had a sale of all their old costumes. So it's not... I mean, it is a bit mad because he did buy it and he, like, why would you... He thought for parties and stuff. But what was weird is that I... Why are women's one, though? <sighs> Who knows? A comic, a comic value. The boobs are funny, Yeah, maybe. they yeah, are okay. funny. And the bum. The bum mostly. <laughs> Particularly on my brother, who is minuscule, t- teeny tiny boy, wearing a big lady fat suit. Anyway, so uh, so you wore that to the audition. Well, to the to the read through recall, but I had it in my bag for the audition. Yeah. So did did you tell them that you're wearing it? Yeah, I mean yeah, they, they okay. knew because they'd seen me not in it, and then it was okay. like, hey, um, <laughs> well, they could have just thought you'd gone on a sort of crash eating stream. I, I actually, it was such good quality that fat suit. I actually ended up wearing it not for the show, but for the pilot of the show. Um, and I wow. much preferred it to Mike because it was it was made of foam, so it was very light. Whereas the one I actually wore for the series weighed four stone. Oh my goodness! So ironically, I actually lost a lot of weight, and I got athlete's foot on my stomach whilst wearing <gasps> it. Yeah. How do you get it on your stomach? Just pure sweat and nowhere for it to go. It just rotted away inside me. Delicious. Yeah, it was quite fun. I liked suffering from my art. I felt really bad because everyone was so nice and I didn't tell anyone I had it and then everyone obviously made a massive fuss. And now I always feel bad. I tell it as like this anecdote. It makes everyone look really neglectful. And they're like, we didn't know. <laughs> it wasn't our fault. It was she chose it. Um, so what was that like as an experience raised by wolves and meeting your kind of hero and getting to hang out with her and her sister? Yeah, totally overwhelming, really. It was this felt like this massive privilege, but also like really big task to play someone so well known. Um, so I think we just kind of pretended that it wasn't a big deal. And what was really exciting is the chaos that you kind of see in the sitcom is what it was like on set. Like that amount of kids for the baby. There were three babies playing that baby. It was triplets. So there was just uh, babies and animals everywhere. The producer owned a dog that was always there. And um, for some reason, there were just always dogs running around. And um, and so it felt like it felt like the best and, and most loving introduction into telly, really. And were Catelyn and Kaz on set yeah. the whole time as well? Yeah, Kaz was there, like, 100%, just constantly rewriting. Um, a real, like, she... It must have been so strange because she really just... It was her life that she was putting on screen, so she was constantly saying, oh, well, it was like this. And um, it felt really weird because you'd ask her, oh, you know... And it would be a really personal question about her childhood and you wouldn't really realise at the time. And then looking back, I'm like, oh, that must have been very strange. And Catelyn, Catelyn, obviously the busiest woman in the industry, but Mm. she she was there whenever she could be and had a couple of... um, She would Skype over as well. Like, for example, I do a sexy dance in a library and she Skyped exactly... She knew exactly how she wanted that to be done. So she sexy danced you on she Skype? She sexy danced on Skype. There was a bit of a wow. bend and flick. Classic. <laughs> oh, legally blonde. <laughs> Tell her. Yeah. Um, so what, was it weird being someone whilst they were there? Yeah, really, I think that we all just kind of pretended that that wasn't what it was in a way. That yeah. they were inventions and that they were... Um, new characters and also a lot of a lot of Jermaine was actually written by Kaz because only she could write Catelyn Catelyn everything she wrote was like about being amazing and Kaz would write her as being this really annoying um, uh, constantly sitting on uh, Aretha I mean I think she's just she explains so much how she was able to be as successful as she was um, because she just is so unapologetic and and it's really it made me a lot more confident as a person because it was really exciting to play a young girl who absolutely believes that she's beautiful that she is intelligent that she's funny and therefore is all of those things just through pure Mm. like almost denial but to the Imagination and belief. No one's ever told her to 
pipe down, so she never has. <laughs> Did anything, any ridiculous stories or anything oh, silly happened set. on set? Oh, man. I mean, mostly just what's in the script. <laughs> uh, I was really bad. I'm, I'm dyslexic and I was very bad at knowing how anything was ever pronounced. So there was somewhere is, which they played at the rap party, a show reel of just me saying, um, Yosem- is it Yosemite Sam? So, you know Yosemite Sam? Yosemite Sam. I do that take about, I think about 34 times. Uh, you um, get stuck on that one word though, don't you? And then you just can't do it. That's the problem. It was at the end of the scene. So we'd be talking about and then I'd get to it and I'd go, Yosemite Sam? <laughs> oh yeah. no. But with loads of things, with, with loads of words, I'd just get them wrong. But sometimes to the advantage, so I had to talk about the... Um, Oh, God, I can't even remember. But, you know, in uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, there's the Caprios and the Montagues. Capulets. and the... Monte- I, I called them the Capricorns and the Mongolios, I think. And we've kept it in because it was very funny. <laughs> and, of course, Jermaine wouldn't know. <laughs> so is there, from playing such an iconic character, is there kind of one thing that you've taken from yeah, playing Jermaine? Yeah, that there are no others. It's really depressing. So I didn't realise quite how lucky I was to play somebody so three-dimensional and amazing and confident. Um, and I don't think I'll get a role like it for a really long time. And it's why it's such a shame that um, it's been axed for Series 3 because people think, oh, look, finally, a, a, a comedy completely centred around women and women being, um, like, unapologetic and brilliant. Um, this must be the start of a whole series of things like that. But actually, everyone just goes, oh, well, we've done it with Raised by Wolves now, so we don't need to do it again. So, I mean, that's a no, bit of a depressing do. downtone, but yeah. um, it's made me realise that I try and bring a little bit of Jermaine to every character I play. Because you have done other things. You played Pip in The Archers, yeah. and you did pick David Mitchell over Robert Webb, and you, you were in Upstart Crow with yeah, him. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. It was brilliant. And it the was... lovely Harry Enfield, who I boogied on down with once did at the Peep Show party. <laughs> Oh, Lovely I was man. there. I was at that. Were you? He? Yeah. The oh. final one. Yeah, that's yeah. where I met Robert Webb and didn't talk oh. to him. Um, yeah, he's the loveliest man in the world, Harry Enfield. Yeah. Um, oh, it was just, that actually was even more overwhelming than Raised by Wolves because I really felt like I was in a room full of icons and Yeah, people. such amazing people in that show. Yeah, I spent a lot of time kind of avoiding eye contact with everybody. Okay. But they're all so, they're all so nice. And we start season two in January, so I'm really excited. What's your favourite bit about um, Crow? I Is it think the costumes? It's, it's got to be the fact that William Shakespeare is just some bloke from the Midlands. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> we'll be back very shortly when Helen will be interviewing me. Space Plus One, Hoxton Radio. Space Plus One on Hoxton Radio. You make me feel like a natural woman, Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Helen Monks has just told me is about the ladies' hair in the nether regions. Yeah, I think she's talking to her own bodily uh, natural uh, <laughs> hair follicles. I love that. This is it's like a light bulb moment for me. You know, like when the, the green theory came out that actually Sandy is unconscious and it's all her weird coma dream. <laughs> I this did is not like, hear about that. Yeah, oh yeah. This is like what's just happened with Aretha Franklin. Now, um, Helen Monks, you get to ask me a couple of questions yeah. and then we're going to do a brand new feature which is the gig guide. So we're going to tell you the top gigs and theatre and events that you can go and see this week because we're such nice people. Um, but Helen, do you want to, what, what you got to ask okay, me? Okay, you got to strap in because these are quite tricky. Oh my God, strap in to what? Your, your dress. Chair, okay. Zip it up. 
Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just like to unzip it, get really hot. Ready? Yeah. Would you rather permanently smell like Watsits or have a melon for a head? Permanently smell like Watsits. Quite like cheese. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant, but I love cheese. But people would move when you sat on the train. Yeah, I'm fine. I'd, yeah, but a melon as a head. Like, yeah, you'd be. That'd be squashy. You'd bruise. I bruise easily anyway. You'd bruise really easily. And, and also, like, I quite like my face. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> Good for you. I don't want it to be a melon. <laughs> um, would you rather be really, really intelligent, but everyone thinks you're stupid, or be stupid, but everyone thinks you're really intelligent? Ooh. Tricky. Well, I, I think people probably think I'm more intelligent than I am currently. <laughs> because I don't know anything about geography. And people always think I know where everything is. And I, I feel like I don't know enough about politics. I, I always feel like I want to know more and people expect me to know more. And I feel ashamed that I don't know all the things. Um, so I probably want to be intelligent, but people think I stu- I'm stupid because then you can outsmart them. Yeah. Have the element of surprise. Mm. Good choice. And then finally, finally, and this is the trickiest one. Okay. Shag, Mary kill. Boris Johnson. Oh, God. Nigel Farage. Oh, God. And Donald Trump. It's like you've just said the same person three times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Boris Johnson, Nigel Farage, Donald Trump. Well, I mean, obviously I have to kill Donald Trump. Obviously. And then one's marry and one's have sex. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So it's about oh. who you can really think about committing the rest of your life to. I think it would... Oh, that is hard. I think it would be that I'd have to marry Boris because at least he's amusing. And he's not... I mean, he is offensive, but he's not as offensive as the other two. Yeah. And then... Or oh, I'd have sex with the Nigel Farage. <laughs> because I just shut my eyes and I'd turn off all the lights. Yeah. If I, I'd have to do it for a good cause. You could, you could do it a bit. You know, you could be a bit rough around the edges as well, couldn't you? Beat him up a bit. Oh, yeah, I could be like, this is what I'm into, Nigel. <laughs> Strap him down and just smack him about, and not actually do any sort of penetration mm. of me. That's quite. But the maybe image. I could penetrate him. Quite. It's gone too far. Thank you for your so questions, Helen. I've learned loads. Thank you. I've learned quite a lot about myself. <laughs> You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. That's right, it's me, Samantha Baines, with Helen Monks on Hoxton Radio, and it's time for the news, hence the newsy music. Helen Monks, do you like it? I love it, I'm dancing along. You always wanted to be a weather girl, you told me. Yeah, well, I, I hate watching the weather, so I thought I'd do a better job. Do you want to give us a little weather? Just make um, it up. It's kind of warmish, but with some raining happening. <laughs> um, I think maybe that needs a bit of work. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave you the weather. What more do very you want? Good. I feel like you, you definitely have a character there as a weather presenter Thank that I'd you. like to see on um, telly. Because they're always so... Up- Enthused, even when they're like, it's gonna snow and there's blizzards. You'd be How like, it's gonna be awful. Care guys. That much about weather. <laughs> the weather is the weather. I mean, I think they care a lot. It's their job. I anyway, know, sorry. Um, let's do the headlines, Helen yes. Monks, please. Ready? Yeah. This roller coaster is sick. This one. One girl, girl for sale. Diving into a new century. 
me, but very dramatic. UFOs in USA. Ye oldie walkies. Those are the headlines. My dyslexia nearly made that last one quite rude. You, that was very good. Sorry, I didn't even give you time to prepare no, them, did I? Um, the, yeah, the music is very dramatic because it's very newsy. It's like real news reading, but with ridiculous stories. So, uh, first up, this roller coaster is sick. This is a super slow motion video of a child vomiting from a fairground ride. <laughs> and it can be enjoyed in all its glory, thanks to this high definition slow mo. The youngster spews an arc of green fluid from 50 foot up in the air. That's brilliant. <laughs> Fellow thrill seekers are splattered by the child no. sick, and uh, and it's it's spread far and wide. It is taken by Jared Aldridge. This video at the State Fair of Texas. He uploaded it to YouTube, and it's been viewed an astounding fifty-four thousand times. And viewers were praising Mr. Aldridge's cinematography skills. Wow. Um, Helen, have you? Do you like roller coasters? I have a big fear of of rollies. Do you? Yeah. I hate rides yeah. that Every go upside down. Every time I think, oh, I'm fine on these, this looks fun, and then I go on it and I am wrong. Yeah. I also... Um, Have you ever been sick? Yeah, I've been sick, <gasps> yeah. yeah. Has anyone at- ever filmed you doing it and put it on well, YouTube? Well, actually, I'll tell you what just happened. I was just doing a series again, which I can't say what it is, it's not exciting. Okay. Um, <laughs> and mid-take, I was sick all over myself. Yeah. During a take? During a take. Were you on a roller coaster? I was wearing a corset and I just had a very big bowl of spaghetti. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Were everywhere. you sick spaghetti? I was sick spaghetti. It smelled very bad. And also, we carried on doing the scene. It's sick all over my chin. Did it still lap. look like spaghetti? Is that an inappropriate question to no, ask? I'm a good chewer. Okay, great. So they do. They just made you carry on. Well, I I chose to. You know, I was noble about it. They couldn't use it, obviously, because I was covered in my own. What vomit. did the other actor in the scene do? She slowly took out the bowl from the bread bowl, and she and she slowly uh, put the bowl in front of me in case I needed to be sick again. It was so kind because the camera was close. So so she just put it in front of me in, in case. Was the camera on you? It was mostly on other people. I think that's why we carried on. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was quite. It's quite a story, and I never really mentioned it afterwards. It was all a bit awkward, really. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Don't mention the sick incident." That's going to be in the bloopers reel. Oh, I Jeez. really hope not. <laughs> You've got to be careful when you're wearing a corset. Mm. The trials of Victorian women. Honestly, one girl, girl for sale. A baby girl was put up for sale on eBay with a variety of photos showing her sleeping in different outfits. Sorry. Police were investigating after the one-month-old infant called Maria was listed with an asking price of €5,000, which is about £4,510. Yeah, For a human. Would have been more if the pound wasn't so low. <laughs> According to the listing, which was taken down by the auction site, obviously within half an hour, Maria lives in the city of... Oh, I'm not going to say it. Somewhere in Western Germany. Can I have a go? Yeah, go on. Where is it? Duisburg, maybe? Duisburg, yeah. Very good. Thank you (laughs) for your accent there. No problem. Um, The seller titled the advert child, 40 days old, named Maria for sale. Is it real? Were they really prepared to sell the child? Well, the the listing went viral on social media. People on internet forums were worried about her safety. And um, it's not clear whether the eBay seller wanted to make money or if it was a joke. I really want a baby. But Would you buy it? I'm, I mean, I mean, if there wasn't any kind of moral implications and if the child was safe, then yeah. 
for £4,000. If the child was safe, they're staying with someone who's put it on eBay, I would suggest no. And they're coming to me. Okay. For cuddles. Because you look after it. I would give it so much love. How much would you spend on a baby? Um, I think, how much have I got in my bank account? I think my upper limit is pretty low, to be honest. Okay. Do you, £4,000? Maybe. Okay. If it was cute. Oh, hello, your bank account. <laughs> Diving into a new century, just five years away from her centenary, the grandmother, her grandmother, decided to celebrate her birthday by going on her first ever skydive. Yay! Oh, my God. She was age 90. No, she watched George Bush jump out of a plane and thought, I could do that too. Or some bush George jump out of the plane. Bush. I don't think it was George Bush. It was a bush. And she, she persuaded... She fall out of a plane. The bush. She persuaded three of her grandchildren and her niece to take the challenge with her. Wow. She was first out of the aircraft, Betty, 13,000 feet up. That's funny, because I thought maybe this was an old story of there's this elderly woman for her 80th birthday does the same thing but yes. when she gets to the top realises it was the biggest mistake she's ever made and they have to force her out of the um, <gasps> and as they force her she sort of slips out of her thing that's holding her to the other skydiver you know the skydive instructor so she spends the whole thing being sort of hell it, it's it's half hideous and half hilarious I mean who filmed that? And exactly, yeah it's in the sky maybe God God filmed it. <laughs> Warning He's like, us all. Oh, these people trying to visit me and jumping out of place. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad it went better for her than the other lady. Yeah, well, this, she did it and she enjoyed it. Good for sounds her. Sounds like. I love that. Um, UFOs in USA is a video filmed in Southern California on the 10th of October. The man reveals two large, mysterious holes in the sky. Is that just the ozone the layer? Well, the holes mimic the formation of round crop circles. They break up clouds that are scattered across the, si- the sky. The sun and the moon? <laughs> it's believed by conspiracy theorists and alien experts that the circular shapes in the sky <laughs> are actually UFOs being uncloaked. How can you be they wear cloaks. an alien expert? How can you possibly be I mean, an you can expert be experts in everything these days. In something that isn't real? I suppose that's what I do. <laughs> but they believe it is real. That's brilliant. That's... Alien. I love uncloaked. Yeah. Well, I didn't know UFOs wore <laughs> Well, that's how, we, how we've never seen them before, isn't it? Invisibility cloaks. Cloaks are so in right now. I mean, to be fair, I do think aliens have to exist. It's just why would they come in the thing that we've always put in films? They'd choose something different. Yeah. It would just would be too coincidental for them to be in big circular space. And also, why would they keep flying down and having a look? Like at some point, they'd be like, "We're gonna kill you," or say hello properly, yeah. like yeah. on the news. And it takes a lot to come past. What's that layer between the between space and our the Earth's atmosphere? The Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. It takes that's a lot of effort. But they probably have the technology to maybe do that better than we can. I don't know. I think they don't. I think they. If, I think, what people. do you think these holes in the sky are? Oh, God. Who knows? Clouds? Well, it's been... Just black clouds. It's been seen uh, tens of thousands of times in a few hours on YouTube, this video. And you can see an uncloaked UFO revealed by moving clouds. An awesome sighting. Someone commented. One of the alien experts. (laughs) Ye oldie walkies. The discovery of a dog tooth near Stonehenge is evidence of a very early journey in British history. A 250-mile trip from York. The fossil was unearthed at Blickmead, situated about a mile from the World Heritage site in Wiltshire. Tests on the tooth revealed it belonged to an... Aslation, I think Alsatian. is how you say. Oh. <laughs> 
I thought it was some old creature that I'd never heard of. No, and Aslan. I was thinking like Aslan. Mysterious creature. You know, like Aslan in. Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. I was thinking of some sort of like huge cat. No, an Alsatian. Just Alsatians, they're around there. Oh, and I've got loads of them in my garden. Yeah, and it feasted on salmon, trout, pike, and pig. Like we all do. Yeah, a senior researcher at the University of Buckingham said that domesticated animal may have been brought to Stonehenge to exchange. Who? He said this discovery is significant because it was not known that people travelled such long distances 7,000 years ago and it adds to the weight of evidence of people coming to Stonehenge 2,000 years before the monument was built. That is pretty cool, actually. I'll give you that. I mean, I didn't know they had Alsatians back in the day. Or Aslesians. I love those sorts of animals. (laughs) What what would an Aslesian look like, Helen, do you think? I think a chicken with the head of a sheep. Okay. That's what I'll go for. What do you think? I think it would be a big, gorgeous lion with wings and the personality of Aslan from Lord of the Rings. And you could have, like, great chats with it and it would bring magic and fur coats and a wardrobe. I think you're talking about the future rather than the past. Okay. That's live radio for you. Uh, Those were the headlines coming up very soon. We've got our poems of the week. Helen's written one. I'm very excited to hear it. Mine's a bit of a rant. Oh, you'll get one after this. Plus one. Poem of the week. Indeed, it's Baines plus one. It's time for Poem of the Week with me, Samantha Baines. And me, Helen Monks. Very good. I really enjoy saying that. Do you? <laughs> yeah. You look like you really enjoy I thought, I'll let her do it again. Oh, thanks. Um, now, you've written a lovely poem for me. Well, I wouldn't say lovely. So, this theory, if you do a performance kind of poem... All you have to do is the right kind of tone of voice and sound confident, yeah. and then you can get away with like low quality content, <laughs> like a spoken word artist. Exactly. So that is what I'll be doing today. I'm very excited. Have you written a poem before? Are yeah, you a poet? I'm a poet. Yeah. Well, I was young, for the first young poet laureate of Birmingham when I was like 12. What? I know, big title. We did not know this. Yeah, well, I keep it pretty on the DL because uh, it's really embarrassing. And also then people think that I'm any good at writing poems. It's not embarrassing. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. This is you. The f- my favourite thing that I've learned about you. Oh, that's really nice. How did you become Poet Laureate? Did you write, was it like a competition? Yeah, you like send them 10 poems and a little biop. They said that my poems were mixed, but my I wrote this like bi- biop thing that was like about how important poetry is to the heart of the city. So then they gave it me. Wow. Yeah. Did you get any sort of like key to the city? No, mostly just sort of the obligation to talk at conferences and things when I was 12. I mean, I'm big time jealous. Well, I'm sure you can apply for the... No, I'm actually not. I've never been to Birmingham. I also think you have to be uh, below the age of 18. Okay. Which I assume you're not. No. I am over eight, but thank you very much for Maybe the compliment. you're welcome. <laughs> nearly 30. Okay, do you, so do you want to go first? Do you want to yeah. read us your poem? Okay. Does it have a title? Um, it's called Untitled. Great. Here you go. 2016 has been a... Can I swear on this show? No. 2016 has been a difficult year full of breakups and shakeups and international fear. The housing crisis madness means you're lucky if you're living in a shed. And every celeb you've ever loved is now dead. Uh, I've lost my place. You could list A to Z. See what I did? All the things that can F off. A for Aleppo. B for Bake Off being bought off. 
Um, don't worry, I won't do the whole alphabet because we'll be here all day. But you can fill in the rest in your own time because there is a terrible thing for every letter. That's the point. Um, this amount of change is strange and makes it hard to remain zen. One direction without Zane, madness, and a woman for PM. A whole generation disillusioned and depressed, sometimes even so bummed out, they can't think of an end to their poem. <laughs> Helen Mark. Yes. Yay! Clapping myself. I can see why you got Birmingham Poet Laureate. Oh, stop it. it was, the performance aspect of it was amazing. It's all in the delivery. And you did like a spoken word hand yeah, while I you know. were doing it's it. It's a shame, really, that we're on the radio. It is, that people couldn't see that hand because yeah. it really added something to Thank it. Thank you. Um, so my poem this week is called Trump is a Pussy. Yes. Um, obviously, I mean the type of cat because we don't swear on Hoxton Radio. Um, so my, <laughs> it's somewhat of a rant, but it rhymes. So here's my poem of the week called Trump is Pussy. Ignoring sexual assault just isn't okay. Pretending it's banter won't keep it at bay. Also, locker room chat can't happen on a bus. You can't even play sports, so stop making a fuss. You were at work and you got your colleague fired because you walking jig jizz sock. The public are tired. I mean, he is to blame as much as you. Laughing along is what idiots do. Standing up and saying that was wrong is brave. Both of you should be utterly horrified of how you behaved. What is brave is the women who have to face each day after an assault threatens to take their life away. Only to hear a would-be president talk about it in jest. Trump opens his mouth and we await what comes next. A tic-tac won't cover up the wrong that you've said. It won't put right what's wrong with your head. Women are people, not just wives and childbearers. All those politicians talk about their sisters as pussy wearers. He can't be president seriously, though. He can't, unless he has a brain transplant. I'm not sure about the Tic Tacs, you know, because I think Tic Tacs can cover they up cover a lot. They cover up a lot, yeah, actually, Tic Tacs. Um, it's true. It is just, it is a joke. It is like, it's unbelievably blood boiling a joke. Um, anyway. He's, yeah, that was my true. little rant. Normally the poem's lighter and funnier than that, no. but I was listening to things about him it today was, on the it radio. It was funny. It's funny that he can be running for president, am I right? Yeah. And I use the word pussy, which is Yeah, it is funny, yeah. <laughs> Those were our poems of the week on Hoxton Radio. Bains plus one. Yeah, I'm dancing along to my own jingle. Spain's plus one on Hoxton Radio with the lovely Helen Monks. Yay. Now, Helen, you are currently rehearsing a play. Well, the play is already... Play? Where am I from? The play is already on tour. Oh, no, you're rehearsing the TV thing that I'm we can't talk about. I'm rehearsing the secret TV okay. thing that don't get excited about. Sorry. Um, uh, it's, Tell us about your play. So, it's a play about the housing crisis in London. Bear with. It's... Um, which you mentioned in your poem. Which I mentioned in my poem. Excellent um, It's a real-life story about the Focus E15 mums who are this amazing group of uh, young single mums in Newham in Stratford East. Um, who were all evicted from their hostel and then they started this massive housing campaign that uh, is now like gone nationwide and um, they're just they went from sort of being really isolated by the system to kind of owning it really um, and they're amazing so it's verbatim based on interviews that we did with them and their campaign and it's currently touring like everywhere but like weird places that you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> expect so if you live in a weird place it's um, coming to you and it's a tour with Battersea Arts Centre so it's then coming back to London next year oh, brilliant so Google it's called E15 um, E15 E15 I wrote it I'm not actually in it you wrote it yeah well <gasps> kind of it's verbatim so it's like cheat writing I basically just like 
edit what people have already this said. This is amazing. So I, I will just say uh, for anyone who's on the social medias, we're about to go on Facebook Live. Oh, yes, hello. So uh, you can head over to my Facebook face, facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines and you can see what we look like. Um, but I've not washed today, so that's annoying. You look no. gorgeous. We've it. already tweeted first. <laughs> so what's, what's it been like for you writing something then? So coming at it from a different perspective? Because obviously you're a yeah. comedian. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. And you're an actor. Yeah. Um, is this your first foray into writing? Mm, sort, sort of. performance? It's my biggest, it's been my biggest and most successful one. Um, waving at the camera. Um, <laughs> so all the others I kind of bury. Um, okay. I, um, I well, did, you were poet laureate in Birmingham. Yeah, that's the peak really, age mm. 12. That was it. Um, no, I've always written, I think it's like, um, I think it, I never know which is my biggest love really, acting or writing. Okay. But um, like I say, I don't know if it counts as writing because it's verbatim. I mean, it, I mean, it. Well, it does because someone could just take any old interviews and put them on the stage, and it wouldn't be entertaining to watch you, or have a narrative. That may be what we've done. You don't know. <laughs> You've not seen it. Um, Has, have you performed it yet? Yeah. So we were at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Um, and how did that go? It went really well. We got four stars from Lynn Gardner at the Guardian. <gasps> I know, dream come true. Lynn Gardner is tough to impress. Yeah, she really is. That must mean you're very good at rearranging interviews. Well, I it, think we can call you a, an official writer now. I think there is something at the fringe, though, where people have a lot of vino and are in some kind of weird I don't think Lynn mind. Gardner does. I don't know. She's a serious lady. Oh, I think yeah. she has a sense of humour also, but... Um, yeah, it went really well. And then, um, and then yeah, it's been on tour ever since and will be till sort of next year time so you're not in it but do you do you go with it on tour are I've you been, part of the process i've been i've been with, i was with it in edinburgh because i also had another show up there and then i am going to visit it on tour i think in where was um nigel farage the mp of for a while wherever that oh is gosh. on the seaside i'm going there anyway so are you excited about it i can't <laughs> wait i can't wait maybe you could invite nigel maybe teach tell him, him a thing or two about, about the social snog marry <laughs> kill thing that we did at sex marry kill yeah maybe he'll come find you <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired you to to do a show about the housing crisis is that something um, that's close to your heart yeah i think so i mean it's just we're living through like one of it's just this epidemic really and I realised that nobody really knows that it's happening a thousand families are moved out of London every week um, at the moment in London one in every 25 children is homeless like it's this complete crisis it's a breaking point and lots of people don't even know that it's happening where people are being evicted from social housing and they're rehoused in Manchester and Birmingham or Wales and if they refuse to move to those places then they're made homeless which is why homeless is, homelessness has increased by 25% in the last year um and and they're moved out and then private luxury flats are built you know the social housing is not down and private luxury flats are built yeah. up and um and all of the rich people move in so this is a comedy show <laughs> no but we can talk about real stuff too um, yeah. so, so is it something you wanted to raise awareness of and do you think your background kind of you know we've seen you in shows on TV and Upstart Crow and yeah. Raised by Wolves do you think that helps because your profile helps to raise no, awareness of the issue that never helps I always try and use it I'm like I'm on the telly no one ever cares and it's like who are you <laughs> have you ever used that like to get into a club or something never I'm so have oh no not? do you know what actually I have talking about losing things earlier I'm so bad at losing things I once didn't have any 
form of ID, so I used a newspaper article that said I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> what, you Googled it? Yeah, I Googled Telemunks Birmingham Mail, and I was like, look, there's my face and there's my age. <laughs> and they were like, that's embarrassing, but in you come. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I went to a, a gay bar and they wouldn't let me and my friends in. Or they would let us in, but we had to pay like £10 on the door. Um, so I said, I'm on the telly. And my friend was in? like, go on, go on. No, well, yeah, they let us in. We got a discount. I, we didn't get in free. It's right. amazing that it for. works. I think anyone out there who's not on the telly, just, just say give it you're a go. on the telly because no one ever really checks. Absolutely give it a go. I, I said, I'm on the telly, Wikipedia me, which I think <laughs> is the worst <laughs> sentence I've ever said in my That's life. very funny. I'd had a few cocktails. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> but uh, back to your show, where can uh, where can people find out the details? Um, if you, I think, mm, Google E15, the tour is called CTN and it's with Battersea Arts Centre. So just if you're on any kind of social, for, uh, it's it's um, and we'll tweet the link as well. So and um, it's lung theatre, lung like the thing in your body. Um, that's the theatre company that I work with. So. Brilliant, definitely check it out. We'll be back yeah. with Helen Monks talking about her stand-up life after this. Bains plus one, Hoxton Radio. Oh, Helen Monks, it's been such a pleasure having I've you on the, the show. I've had the best afternoon. It's been so nice. Had some lovely chats. We're both drinking peppermint tea. I was going to say, it's all about the tea. We've been on Facebook Live. We've read our poems. What joy. Um, now, we haven't mentioned, and we're going to quickly, that you were a Funny Women finalist. Yeah. As was I. Yeah. Because um, you've done stand-up as well. Yeah, so I do bits of stand-up. Actually, the Funny Women competition was the first time I ever did any stand-up, like, in front of people. Rather I than think just... that's ridiculous, and you got to the final. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I think um, it was. it's an amazing, amazing competition, I would say, like, if anyone... If anyone is ever at a loose end, like... Do stand up. It's just such a good way. And also, what's really great about it, particularly if you do like the comedy circuit, is there's such a variety of people that you will never be, you'll never feel like you're the worst person in the room. <laughs> Which is always nice. Um, and the Funny Women as an organisation and a competition is just so supportive. Um, and that's why it was so exciting to do it. It's basically my first ever thing because people are there to really encourage you and support you so if you're going to do it for the first time I would recommend doing it with funny women if you're a woman sauce boys sauce fellas you get enough already (laughs) so um, Helen people might look at your career and they might think oh she's like fronted this amazing TV show she's been in Upstart Crow she's been in The Archers (laughs) she's written her own play is there any advice that you would give like one nugget of advice yeah oh my god like don't believe anything you think about you know most of my days are spent watching bargain hunt and I think there's such a tendency I find it with all my groups of friends like to measure your success by the things that you've done and those things never really satisfy you it's like the, the people that you hang out with and and being able to get out of bed in the morning that's always a bonus so like you're doing all right that's the advice I'd give like be nice to yourself I like that. Be nice. Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. Um, and we, I think that's a brilliant end to the show. Oh. Helen, where can we find you on the social medias and the internet? Um, at Helen underscore Monks. That's all I on do, Twitter. really. I'm occasionally on the old Instagram, but only very occasionally. I don't really get it. I'm a bit old lady. <laughs> and you've got a blog as well. Oh, I have, yeah. Melon Hunks wordpress find it on my twitter again it's melonhunks.wordpress.com oh well done i love that you forgot it and i just reminded you yeah, there you go thank you that's you can be my pa no well, not my thanks. pa my publicist or pr pr that's it or, or both the difference of a letter um, um helen monks thank me. you so much thank you it's you're amazing brilliant.
Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.